Welcome back to episode 41 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, we're looking ahead to game week two. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for the first roundup of Premier League Draft Fantasy Football in the 21-22 season. In this podcast, I'll be looking at waiver options, hidden gems and ones to dump as we look ahead to game week two. I was thoroughly entertained by the opening round of fixtures and I can't remember seeing a game week before without any draws from the 10 games. Uh, we saw lots of goals, 34 to be precise, with Bruno and Salah giving their managers a very welcome early points haul to kick things off. Uh, we saw some early stumbles from preseason darlings Aston Villa, Leeds and Man City, while some of the clubs touted to struggle like Watford, Brentford and Spurs came away with three points. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Varane, Lukaku, Ben Rama, Ishmael Assar and Adam Armstrong, but I will be discussing many, many more. So let's get into it. Usually I split the picks into a main section and a hidden gems list who are all less than 10% owned. But for this, because a lot of these players have very low ownership anyway, haven't been overlooked on draft day, I'm just going to go down the lists of teams as they currently sit in the Premier League right now, starting with Man U and going all the way down to Leeds, picking out one or two players from most of them. So the first one for Man United is Varane, who was unveiled at Old Trafford just ahead of kickoff on Saturday. Seems like it's only a matter of time before we see him partner Maguire in the middle of that defence after they've spent quite a large sum of money on him. United have a very nice fixture on for the next few weeks. And if you're second in the wave of priority, he's definitely someone I'd be looking to bring in. Next is Chelsea. And I'm going to start with no other than the towering beast of a footballer that is Chalaba. Ownership currently less than 1%. Uh, we've seen him start two games in a row now after the Super Cup and has looked quite comfortable in that three-man defence. On paper, away to Arsenal would usually be considered a fairly tough matchup for a defender, but I would definitely not discount the Chelsea defenders for this game and a quick look at the bookies' odds suggests they agree too. Of course, we need to mention Romelu Lukaku, who's now formalised his move to Chelsea, name on everyone's lips this week. And what better way to reward a crap start in the draft than to have a world-class striker in the waiver pile ready to bring in? Many will be deciding which of their treasured strikers to drop for him, while others will have penciled in moving out the likes of Jao Pedro as soon as the game week finished. For those sitting bottom with three decent strikers, it is worth exploring some trade options to bolster other areas of your team, and you can then trade out whichever makeshift striker you get in return. Whoever your front three are, though, every team will have room for Lukaku, and this first fixture at Arsenal feels like one in which he could really thrive. Moving on to Liverpool, and I've highlighted a couple of defenders. The first is Simicas, whose ownership is around 16% in eight team leagues at the moment. Probably not one that will be there down the stretch for you, as Robbo looks like he's going to be making a fairly swift return, but is there in the vast majority of leagues to pick up for this nice home game against Burnley? And is a fairly safe pair of hands, I think, to bring in six points. And in that vein, we've got Joel Matip, who's even less owned on 7%. Another one who could be good value for six points this week. But, you know, never seems to do much wrong for Liverpool. And if they start as they mean to go on, the Matip and VVD partnership could be one that lasts for a few more weeks yet. On to West Ham. And I'm going to start with uh, Suchek, favourite of mine from last year. 
relatively high owned on 60%. So, you know, quite high ownership, but not high enough. If he's there, I would definitely put a waiver in for him. As well as him is his uh, midfield teammate, Ben Rama, who's just 23% owned. I was quite surprised at how low his ownership is coming out of everyone's drafts. And a goal and assist to kick things off is the perfect start for him. And he could have a really big season now he's settled in the Premier League. Next is Everton. And similar to Liverpool, I've highlighted a couple of their defenders. The first one is Seamus Coleman, who's in, uh, who's been picked up in just 8% of leagues. Not much competition at right back for Everton at the moment. Always has a chance at an assist and decent clean sheet opportunities too due to the fixtures that they've got in the next few weeks. Another one who is even more available is uh, Holgate, who's only been picked up in 1% of draft leagues. Um, was not who everyone expected to start with many predicting Keane and Godfrey in, the, in defense. But, you know, seeing as Keane was obviously at fault for Armstrong's goal, he's a chance he could be benched the next game, which would make Holgate's position even more safe. Everton's next match is away to Leeds, so you might be worth holding on for just one more week until the fixtures change and you'll then have a little bit more info as to who Rafa prefers at the back. On to Brentford then, after their uh, big win over Arsenal on the opening game of the season. Um, the player I'm highlighting here is uh, Brian Mabuemo. Uh He's been picked up in 5% of draft leagues. I generally stay away from unproven assets from promoted clubs on draft day. Um, but, um, you know, he attracted interest from another manager in my league and he looked pretty good in their win over Arsenal. Probably more one to keep an eye on at the moment, but he looks like someone that could get some decent returns alongside Tony up top. On to uh, another one of the newly promoted teams, Watford, and the first player I'm going to highlight is Ishmael Assar. He's been picked up in 28% of leagues, so he's there for most of you. He was my first tip in the draft community collaboration pod and he repaid my faith in him with a goal. Just a shame I didn't actually manage to draft him in any of my teams this year. Uh, I fully expect his ownership to shoot up this week, so take him while you can if he's free. Another option from Watford is Emmanuel Dennis. He is free in more than 99% of leagues. Hardly anyone picked him up on draft day. Um, didn't really see him in any of the predicted lineups going into this game, so not many would have expected him to play. Um, and for those very few managers who did pick him up, will have been rewarded with a nice 12-point haul. Definitely one to get in in bigger leagues where strikers are really scarce, but probably one you can wait on in leagues with fewer than eight teams. Next is Pascal Gross, who's owned in just 4% of, of leagues. He, he could be one of the best value picks floating around your waiver pile currently. You only need to cast your mind back to the 17-18 season where he came away with 164 points to know what he's capable of. And last season was his second best season since then. And his numbers really took a turn for the better. And he's kicked things off with an assist already. And with their fixture run, you know, you never know, he could have his best season yet. The next one is the guy just in front of him, Neil Mopay, who's who was picked up in 44% of eight-team leagues, which what we're saying there is that in over half of eight-team drafts, there were 24 other strikers who were taken over Mopay, which for me is just ludicrous. He's definitely in the top 24 strikers. His best season so far is 131 fantasy points and providing he stays fit, I'm backing him to top that this year. At the back for Brighton, uh, we've got one of their uh, old fan favourites, Duffy, who's barely owned by anybody, so should be there in most leagues. Um, obviously, we had the, the last minute news that Veltman was was not going to be featuring due to illness, and so Duffy came in. I'd keep an eye on the situation in case Veltman's deemed fit, but otherwise Duffy could be quite a useful short-term pickup. 
Heading north to Leicester and uh, my player I'm going to talk about now is Aozi Perez, who is pretty much free in every league currently. He seems to terrorise my thoughts at some point every season in FPL and here he is after just one week. Definitely a name to consider. I'm not going to pressure you into anything and if he does nothing next week, I promise I'll never speak about him again. Next is my club Tottenham and uh, the two players I'm discussing here are the two who were basically the men of the match for that game against City. Uh, The first one being Jaffet Tanganga who was pretty much free for every league, barely anybody drafted him. If you're looking to bring in a bloke with £100 million in his pocket, look no further than this guy. Um, You know, that performance he put in against the defending champs on Sunday was phenomenal and I think he's probably staked a firm claim to a starting spot moving forward. Will be interesting to see the team that plays in the Europa Conference League on Thursday night, as this would have been a game I'd have expected him to feature in before, but now Nuno may deem him too important to risk in a game like that. The second Spurs player is Lucas Mora, who was drafted in a lot of leagues, 52% of leagues, so just over half. Very much the other standout player in that win. My only hesitation with him is that I've seen him put in performances like this against strong opposition before and then he goes missing for a run of games against easier opponents but it's definitely worth having in as you know the Spurs fixtures are great moving forwards but we'll just have to see whether he can keep up those performances. So that's all the teams that won their games we're into the bottom half of the table now starting with Aston Villa and the first player to uh, talk about is Bailey they're one of their new additions. He's relatively well owned uh, I think for those who drafted relatively late in the pre-season spell would have picked him up so he's owned in in just under 40% of leagues currently so he's still there for a decent number you know Villa have obviously had a disappointing start but I thought Bailey looked pretty good when he came on and probably did enough to uh, earn a start in the next game against Newcastle where they'll look to bounce back. Next is Burnley and there's really not much to say about them all of the ownership figures are pretty much as expected and I can't really um, recommend bringing any of them in. The same goes for Manchester City. Nobody really that seems particularly underowned. Uh, only one that's uh, in too many teams that I'll mention later in the get rid section. But yeah, everyone's pretty much mopped up here. Wolves uh, also didn't look particularly impressive against Leicester. And with Tottenham and Man United in their next two games, it's probably not the time to be bringing any of them in either. Next is Newcastle. And I'm going to highlight uh, Woodman, um, who's pretty much not owned in, in any teams at all. Now, there were a lot of pre-season calls from Newcastle fans to see Woodman uh, get a chance at the number one spot, but it seemed like it would fall on deaf ears with Darlow seen as the safe option. But, um, you know, after Darlow got stricken with COVID a couple of weeks ago and Dubravka's uh, relatively long-term injury, Freddie Woodman has got his Premier League debut on what turned out to be a pretty tough day for the Geordies. Um, you know, but for those who find themselves in a difficult spot with, uh, with goalkeepers they drafted, particularly in the larger leagues, he would be an easy pickup with uh, you know plenty of decent clean sheet opportunities right up until December. On to Southampton and a player I'm pretty um, keen on, which is uh, Adam Armstrong, who's free in 95% of leagues, so it will definitely be a hot property going into the waivers ahead of game week two. I think it's really good business by Southampton to bring in a replacement who costs just half the amount they got for Danny Ings. He scored 28 league goals in the championship last season, second only to Ivan Tony. I thought he looked really sharp in his Premier League debut. Can't say I've paid much attention to him before now, but he already looks more of a natural striker than Che Adams does. As he was added to the game fairly late, many will have drafted before he was available, 
but I fully expect him to get hoovered up in a lot of leagues this week. Even though we only have a sample size of one match per team so far, Arsenal do not look like they have uh, anywhere near a stable starting eleven. It could be a few weeks yet before we're able to accurately know who the starters are in, in defence and in attack. We've got two rough fixtures coming up against uh, the two title contenders, Chelsea and Manchester City. So uh, I think it's an easy call to wait on the Arsenal options a little bit longer. Crystal Palace, um, who were on the end of a fairly comfortable defeat to Chelsea, uh, who, you know, no one particularly to shout out here, but I think they're not the worst picks for a, a one-week defensive pickup as they've got Brentford at home. You know, none of the Crystal Palace defenders have more than 1% ownership, so it could be quite a good differential for you in a head-to-head matchup. Um, you know, so if you really suck, there could be an option there. Finally, uh, Leeds and amazingly, Harrison's ownership is only 55%. So, you know, obviously not the best out for Leeds fans in their opening match to Old Trafford. But the fact that Harrison is available in nearly half of, of leagues seems crazy to me. You know, and I think that will rapidly change as, as some of the midfield options are shown that uh, they're nowhere near as good. So let's go through a few players that uh, I recommend getting rid of ahead of game week two. I'm going to start with Benjamin Mendy for Manchester City, who's owned, uh, he's picked up in 88% of eight-team draft leagues. Pretty woeful display against Spurs. And um, with Zinchenko, Cancelo and even Ake able to fill that spot on the left, it's hard to see him getting much game time and would be somebody I'm sure City would look to move on if they can find anybody willing to take him. Next is uh, Konate, the new centre-back signed by Liverpool. He's currently owned in 97% of draft leagues. Um, With that centre-back pairing of VVD and Matip, you know, potentially sticking around a little bit longer, um, you know, I think Konate could be someone that's bedded in with substitute appearances and cup games. Now, I'm not a Liverpool fan and it could be people that know more than I do about his chances of starting, but as it stands, 97% seems way too high. Next is Laporte for Manchester City. He was drafted in 91% of leagues. It's not to say he won't see uh, minutes, but you know rumours of his departure have not really quietened down. Um, and as soon as the whole squad are deemed fit enough to play, I'm sure we'll see Stones and, and Diaz back together. But the upside, if Laporte does end up getting some game time this season, is pretty high, so I can understand why some might be reluctant to get rid of him. Next are a couple of Wolves players. The first is uh, Neto, who's, who's picked up in nearly half of leagues. Still set to be out for a couple of months at the least with a knee injury, although some rumours coming out have said that he may miss the majority of the season due to a setback. So definitely one to uh, to move on. The second one is Adama Traore. Now he's only owned in 13% of leagues, which isn't particularly high, but I think there are more reliable punts out there to, to fill your final spot in midfield. Those who are backing him would have been pleased to see him getting in more central positions, but it's evident that what you know why he's not being used there more. Um, that's because he can't hit a barn door with a banjo. So yeah, not for me. Finally is uh, Gilfie Sigerson, who was picked up in 82% of leagues. Um, no doubt a lot of auto drafters with him in their teams. If you're not sure why you should be looking to replace him, a quick Google should tell you everything you need to know. In this spot as well, I'd usually do some trade valuations, but we're so early in the league, um, you know, we don't really know how the teams are setting up yet. So Many aren't back to full strength, so any trades you're making now will largely be speculative. And of course, the transfer window is still open, so any trade offers you get should be checked uh, against any transfer rumours to make sure you're not getting someone on their way to Roma or Panathinaikos. 
Um, but as the season moves on, we'll start to fill some uh, some more names in this section. That's it for this episode. Still very early days and uh, waivers you make now could have a big impact down the stretch. But remember, you still need to play for those week to week points and target those favorable fixtures as they come around. Make sure you head over to fbldrafthub.com to see the full complement of features and stats which have awakened. Now we've got some waiver window data to play with. Um, and remember, it's completely free to sign up and use, so there's nothing to stop you heading over there. If you've listened to one or two of these pods now and found them useful, make sure you subscribe or follow on whichever platform you're using so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, follow me on Twitter at FPLDraftHubPod, which is probably the easiest way to reach out if you've got any questions or want some help with a, a trade predicament. If your league doesn't have any restrictions on picking up new signings and you've had a bad enough week to find yourself bottom of the table... Congratulations on acquiring a free first round pick off of the waiver wire. For the rest, enjoy combing through the other names on the list. The waiver deadline this week is at 11am BST Friday morning ahead of the opening game at uh, lunchtime on Saturday, which is Liverpool against Burnley. Best of luck then ahead of game week two and as always, stay shook. Stay shook.